Welcome to Digibarn Radio, fascinating stories from the history of computing. I'm Tommy Cuellar. This piece is entitled, J.J. Webb on the Birth of the Virus Scanner, Poetry on the Early Internet, and much, much more. On April 11, 2005, we had the pleasure of listening to J.J. Webb recount his history through multiple aerospace projects and assorted get-rich-quick schemes, one of which was the beginnings of McAfee Associates, and John McAfee, for whom J.J. wrote the very first virus scanner. J.J. is a highly regarded poet and organizer of poets, and has the distinction of being the pioneering poet on the internet. From the days of Usenet newsgroups in the 1980s, to some of the first poetry web pages in the 90s, and the very first poetry reading inside a multi-user virtual world in Sherwood Forest, Alpha World, in July 1996. And now we present an interview and photos of JJ at breakfast at the Brookdale Lodge in Brookdale, California. Joining us for the interview was Digiborn co-founder Alan Lundell, his partner son McNamee, and Digiborn curator Bruce Damer. Let's listen. Yeah, I told you that we, oh no, I told you, huh? Right? That we, um, when I worked for Tinsley Laboratories, yeah. On the computer-operated optical polymer, mm -hmm. which made the mirror for that, which made lenses that made lenses for Viking for the, for the Viking. Okay. They also made lenses for other things. Okay. Right. As we used to say, the bad lenses went to the public stuff. <laughs> <laughs> went to the public. <laughs> so. Um, and I worked with the two best opticians in the world as far as I'm concerned. That's what I was told when I went in, right? And, um, and uh, one was Brad Olin and one was, was Art Simpson. Mm -hmm. and, and Brad Olin designed those lenses, right? So, the, um, uh, so they were important as far as... Tinsley was concerned. Well, as far as everybody was concerned. Mm -hmm. At any rate, because I met Art Simpson a few years later, he introduced me to John McAfee, or he saw to it that John McAfee and I met. Um, and I told this story to you. Did you get? Did you record that? I did record it, but I haven't been able to put it back. Mm -hmm. I don't know what I'm doing. Well, tell it again. So, <laughs> yeah. They were looking for an engineer to fix a problem that they had uh, at a company called Omex. And um, they were making uh, storage equipment for the IRS, mm -hmm. right? And John, I, I talked to John McAfee over the phone. He was, he was the head of engineering and he was in trouble. And he had a, uh, had a, a circuit that was absolutely essential but did not work. Hmm. Right? And he had kicked off the guy who designed it and the guy said, screw you and left. Right? And Art Simpson was working for Omex because of the optical arrangement for this thing. Right? The optical component of this, this storage facility. And he said, I know this engineer who worked for uh, uh, Tinsley Laboratories. He, he did a bunch of things that, that Tinsley thought were pretty good. Um, 
So I talked to him on the phone, and I told him that I wasn't the standard engineer, and bloody bloody blah. Is that the story about where you came in in your jeans? He came in in his jeans for the first time. Well, I met him. He was dressed in jeans. You seen him? This is Maccabee. Right. I talked to him on the phone. Said, "Look, you know, I got hair down in the middle of my back. Right. I don't wear suits. That's the engineer you're looking for. I need you, guy, and I ain't coming down there." He said, no, 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 you don't understand. It's nice and it's informal around here. <laughs> so I get down there and I meet him and he's got on he, blue jeans. He dressed down, right? And, you know, and he gotten a couple of, of his people to dress down, <laughs> right? <laughs> so... That's the last time you saw him in jeans. That's the last time I saw him in jeans. That's the last time I saw him at work in jeans. Oh yes, I would like, I would like a waffle and sausage, a side of sausage, and if they sprinkle powdered sugar, tell them not to do it. And I'll have hot oatmeal. What's the, uh, I think I'll have a French toast sandwich with mint sausage and have drinks, okay. Are you recording what we're ordering? I'm recording what you're ordering. It's all part of the scene here. <laughs> right, and I'll have the French toast sa sandwich with uh, bacon. <clears throat> this is the voice of Gigi Barn Radio. <laughs> At breakfast. At breakfast. With J.J. Webb. Yeah. Over easy. And you want to do a scramble? Okay. No. And more coffee. <laughs> so, so you dress so down, and that was he dressed down, and 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 I took the job, and and the company was really one of the most uptight companies in the <laughs> that ever was, because it was working for the IRS. <laughs> Yeah, right. we were doing <laughs> I don't know what they were doing. They just needed stuff for storage, right? Yeah. We were doing this optical storage system. Right, you know? right, right. <clears throat> and, and so I took this job, and it took me, it actually took me 10 weeks to figure out what this guy was doing. Mm -hmm. I'd, have been, I'd have done myself better by just throwing it away and starting again, mm -hmm. right? But they went, no, 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 we have to get this to work, mm -hmm. right? So you ever try to figure out the inside of some guy, some other guy's mind? Right. <laughs> it's, it's, hard. <laughs> it's very hard, right? Especially if he's not there, right? Right. Yeah. Well, you, might, you don't have him to talk to. <laughs> so it took me 10 weeks to get it all straightened out, right? Of course, in the middle, there was that great flood that we see in the San Jose flooded, and the house that I lived in, the okay. <laughs> water was climbing up, <laughs> and I'd have to go through a pond to get to my house, right? It got up, it got up to my garage, I mean, you know, the, 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 the street was here and the house was up there like that, right? Right? And, and you know, the, my driveway up into my, my uh, garage, it all filled up with water, right? Was that and like in the early 90s? 
And I, I like his style, you know. Lots of get-rich-quick schemes. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> Early entrepreneurs in the pre-Cambrian era of microcomputers. Right. Right. Yeah. And he was also one of the most charismatic men I ever met. It's, I mean, he still is. You know, and he's got those blue eyes. And there is, I mean, he charms everybody that he's ever with. Well, you were with him, right? You had, he was uh, big into women, too, I imagine. He was... He was big into everything. Yeah. I mean, you know, he was... Yeah. I mean, Guy, Silicon Valley millionaire. <laughs> we, well, at the time, he was just an engineer. Yeah. Right? We were just... I mean, we were just engineers. And we were, you know, hey, what do we do now to make money? <laughs> we came out here for a reason. Right? Gold rush. Gold rush. Well, the most technologically challenging thing to do Right? Were those aerospace projects? Yeah, they were. Yeah. Right? That's, you know, so Ford Aerospace, okay, they couldn't get their management act together. They lost the prime to Lockheed. Okay? So in 82, they lost the prime to Lockheed, and in 84, I extracted myself from this guy who was negotiating with me constantly. <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> right? Over to Lockheed, and, eh? and, yeah. and slipped right back into that into that project, right? Not right away. At 84, I walked in to design a printed circuit board for power supply for satellite. Right? Had to be rad hard. Had to be, you know. It was one of the things I did, right? Anything to make a buck. Mm -hmm. And... And then I moved back into when I heard when I I moved into Lockheed to do that and then saw the project that I had worked on at, at mm -hmm. and said oh, I know all about that and they went you do right and so I moved into that. So being that a, a long-haired freak, did you have to go through security issues to get accepted at Lockheed? Or was that a was you ever that, cut off your ponytail? You have to cut off your ponytails. No, and I never peed in a cup either. <laughs> <laughs> I told him I would pee in a cup. Oh, my boss would hold the cup while I was doing it. It's a matter of dignity. <laughs> Mine was gone, so was his. <laughs> so he didn't bother. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes, but you also spent no, but, but, but my boss, who was Steve O'Connor and a brilliant man, right? Yeah. He knew, right? He knew. <laughs> That's why at the very beginning, I worked on stuff that was not classified, right? And, you know, designed an interface module between the boards that were being designed and the mass comp computer that we had that mm -hmm. would, you know. Yeah. And, and it was... You know, so they could, it was an innovation that at its time just seemed like, you know, it's a stupid interface, right? But then one day you turn around and you go out into the, in, in, into the lab, and the lab was fantastic at Lockheed, right? And there were 63 workstations, and every one of them had one of my circuits in it, right? To get this thing done, right? Which was to design the image processing system, right? 
spy satellites. Well, how good was it then? Were you able to like rotate the planet like you can with Worldwind today, or anything like that? Is it good? Yeah. <laughs> how they got how how we used to get engineers. We would bring them in, sit them down in front of this thing, take the knob, right? Yeah. Uh -huh. Put a 22 megabyte mic picture on the screen and spin the knob and watch the thing go around. That would be the <laughs> right. <laughs> the engineers would go, "What do I sign?" <laughs> and could you zoom in too? It was a completely digital image. It could be, you know, it was, it was the brightest minds of our time. Mm -hmm. doing image processing, right? It was guys like Ron Ruff, and, and who was the first project manager on the Motorola satellites, mm -hmm. right? The Iridium, yeah. The Iridium. Right, uh, right. He went directly from, so we did, let me get, this isn't where I wanted to go, but I'll talk about this for a short time. Okay. I went in to do this image processing system. I mean, that's what we were doing, the image processing system, right? <clears throat> and we worked very hard on the actual station itself, right? And there was another group working on the, uh, the reduced resolution data sets, all right? The um, uh, taking it right out of the camera and pushing it into the um, the proper formats and 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 deciding what was relevant and what was not. I mean, all the computer enhancements, all of the you know. You didn't have digital computers, I mean, digital cameras then, did you? I mean, or was or was it uh, converted to film? Satellites had digital cameras. Did they? Digital cameras that early? No. <laughs> 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 I don't know. Twenty-two megabyte image of Earth, yeah. of a small portion of Earth. Right, of an right. important small portion, portion of, Earth. of Earth. Right, it's it's it was <laughs> the same Not stuff. Not Hanksville. Not Hank. Well, could have been. <laughs> <laughs> According, according to the charter, though, we weren't allowed to point them at the United States, right? Oh, oh. <laughs> other important places. <laughs> well, you know, otherwise the, the 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 organization, well, there's a there's a specific law against the organization spying on. Not anymore, on, but yeah, not anymore. <laughs> but there used to be. Right? Uh, now the FBI works for them. Ooh, scary. <laughs> so you you were working on image processing and, and, and McAfee was working in signal intelligence. Is that yes. is that accurate? Yeah. That is, he was doing SIGINT in building yeah. one twenty. And well, this is over the hill in the pit, not up on the hill, mountain. This is in this is in Sunnyvale. Sunnyvale. Okay. Yeah. But I went to work and and then you know one night John and I were sitting around you know. Um, we, we had to have been at least three sheets to the wind. <laughs> three sheets. <laughs> well, what are you doing? I'm, I'm, you know, working for for for, for Lockheed. Well, you know, 
It's money. (laughs) 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 So he came along. And so did Stefan and a few of the others that were, you know, in some of the other companies that we, you know, bumped up against while we were doing, while he was doing things like the uh, PC Commander and Mm -hmm. voice recognition and, you know, and, I mean, voice recognition would have happened a whole lot sooner than it did if certain companies hadn't been... Incredibly greedy about it. The certain chip companies, mm-hmm. right? Incredibly greedy about it. I and mean, we fought like mad and lost, mm-hmm. right? So that's why we, you know, all right, there's no money here, so we, right? I say we, but it was mostly John. You know, yeah. I was busy doing other things. I went, yeah, yeah, John, you know, you know another get rich quick. Another get rich quick. So, and that's when the 1812 showed up. The Pakistani brain, everybody else called it. Oh, the 1812, the Pakistani brain? Was it? That was the, one of the first the virus. The very first virus was a couple of Pakistanis trying to screw the Israelis. Okay. Right? And. You were both working at Lockheed when this happened, right? Right. Okay. And, and he said, yeah, look at this, Jay. <laughs> what did it do? Did it affect mainframes, or what was it? No, no, it was after the PC. It was on PC. It was after the PC. It was like a boot sector virus. Yeah, it was. It added 1,812 bytes to any file, mm-hmm. right? That it, it infected, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And in that 1,812, it fucked up the screen, it replicated itself onto any action that you made, right? It was the first virus, right? But I didn't care what it did. He said, can you, can, can you, can we find something that will find this in this, in this file? And I went, are you crazy? Of course we can, anybody can do it. <laughs> <laughs> like a simple search <laughs> That's what I said. It's a grip, John. It's a grip. Grip. For the Unix heads. Yeah. Well, that's. I mean, we were working on Unix platforms. Yeah, there wasn't grip on DOS. Right. Yeah, but I mean, you know, it's it. So it was the easiest thing in the world to write. Mm -hmm. Right. And I didn't care what it did. I didn't. You know, John offered me six hundred bucks to write it. Right. Just on on the side. Right. right. I was stealing his money. <laughs> I all but told him I was stealing his money. Mm-hmm. Okay. And and I looked all over for the original disc. Right. I can't find it. Oh. I don't know what I did. Oh no. Right. No, it's, you know, it's like somewhere some, around. Some One day I'm going to go, so, boom! <laughs> some, some five and a quarter disc somewhere there. That right. It's a grep function. In MASM. In MASM? Okay. Right. Right. And, and that, you know, um, 
And then he, he just started selling it, or what, what happened? Well, no, he started giving it away. Oh, he started giving it away. Well, part of a strategy. Right? And, well, the first thing that he did, all right, okay, we'll tell a little tale in between. <laughs> Age was on the rise. Don't say anything you wouldn't want heard in public. I understand. Age was on the rise. Um, and John started a club. He started a club? A club. With a membership card that said that you were physically uh, examined and you were not HIV. Another get rich quick scheme. Right. <laughs> so the first virus <laughs> company. <laughs> Let me get through this. <laughs> he started this club and got a bunch of people interested. Right? But me up on Main Street. Everybody was horrendously terrified at the time. Especially, oh, yeah. especially like, super active, super sexually active people. Right? So. He started this club, mm -hmm. and it went fairly well, but it didn't make any money. Mm -hmm. And but it taught him a lot about how to put a virus organization together. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> isn't that amazing? That, is amazing? That's true. Amazing. That is absolutely true. <laughs> that's amazing. That's amazing. <laughs> was the term coined computer viruses. <laughs> oh, that must have come before. But it's amazing. Because it has a similar type of organizational structure? Um, yeah. What you got is you got something that examines your computer and then gives you uh, a certificate of health. Ah, I get it. Okay. That's interesting. <laughs> Your computer isn't going to infect other people's computers. You're a good computer citizen. Right, right. Right? Go tell everybody. Well, when, when, did, um, when did he realize that he had a, a, a big hit on this, on this latest um, Get Rich Quick I don't know. When it, when it, uh, you know, I did the I, I did the thing for him, punked out on the last half of it, mm -hmm. right? You know, there was a cleaning program that needed to be done. Mm -hmm. A guy named Dennis Yell showed up, and he was so much better at everything than you. So that's why I said, "Well, screw you." <laughs> so you did the detector, and he did the cleaner. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> So then it, it went on from there, presumably. Uh, well, what happened was the bulletin board was put, was put up, right? And a computer uh, computer industries virus association was was invented, hmm. right? And it was right around that time that he got in his van for one time and went on a trip with some people. Uh -huh. A trip. Secret, huh? A trip. A road trip. You were one of the people. Oh, well, the RV, <laughs> the RV trip. Yeah, me and a uh, guy from Time Magazine. Hmm. Yeah. And I guess that was uh, 
time would would create a big um, uh, a big hit for him. I would imagine. Oh, because they broke the story. They broke the story. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, was the trip about viruses, or was it? Yeah, was it was the all trip about, was about viruses. He was traveling around in various installations where he supposedly was was uh, cleaning them with the computers, like oh. Hayward State College and okay, and various. But he locations. made one. Yeah. But he made one such trip. Everything else was done online. Mm-hmm. 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 Not on internet line. Mm-hmm. On bulletin board. Bullet bulletin board line. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, because we weren't there yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when we say Gopher and Fido was kind of state of the art at that point. Well, bulletin boards, the Telebit Trailblazer was the modem of the day. You had a Telebit Trailblazer, what was that, 1200 baht? 1200 baht, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, the, actually, so then time broke the story and then the, the bulletin board got more downloads or? And people had to, how did people pay? They, they had to they call. They didn't. They didn't. <laughs> it was given away. Right? And they took it to their companies mm-hmm. and put it on their company's computers. Ah. And then John would go to those companies and they would brag, oh, thank you, Mr. Matthew, for your program. Mm-hmm. Right? Thank you. It thank has you. saved us. <laughs> See, here it is on one of our computers. And John would go, it's on one of your computers? <laughs> There's a license. This is shareware. Now, shareware was also fairly new. I mean, John gets credit, <laughs> right? Inventing shareware. He didn't do that. <laughs> but he's the one who made the most money. <laughs> so, so you said it was like free for uh, individuals, but companies had to pay? Oh, yeah. And the, and the <clears throat> license for companies was a beaut. <laughs> <laughs> How did he find out where the com- what companies were using it? All he had to do was go into a company. Everybody, everybody, <laughs> <laughs> just go into a company. <laughs> Put him on that watch list. So the hit list. He's giving away. Who's going to give me money now? <laughs> so giving well, away for free was really a big part of his strategy. And then the, and then the military walked in. The military. Yeah, we've got a whole bunch of PCs. We got millions of them, and we're <laughs> under attack. <laughs> Told you the first virus was a couple of Pakistanis after the Israelis. Yep. Yeah. Where do you think all those 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 Eastern European viruses came from? You think it was just high school kids? It was Russian military. Yeah. It wasn't. Uh Homegrown. I'm sure there was enough homegrown. Yeah. But when. It's all spyware, huh? No, it wasn't spyware. It was all aimed just to screw up the military's. You know, first cyber attacks. It was a cheap form of attack, right? It cost it less than uh, a missile to design lots of nasty programs, nasty bugs. And how did the viruses get distributed? Well, many of them came out of Bulgaria, and 
Um, it would be like on, menu. on free floppies and not be oh, downloads. Yeah, they were, no, yeah, they would, they would, no, we weren't downloading yet, but they were, uh, um, uh, the, the cheap method, at least the way I think it happened, the cheap method, <coughs> <coughs> was the originals went out on corner discs. <laughs> I heard there was some shrink wrap viruses too. I, mean, I forget the big deal of the first. Was it Intercalc? Hmm. Uh, what was the. Maybe it was had a virus in it? One time. One, I mean. And I'm, you know. Are they be cracked? There was some cracked copies of things that had viruses. I early Adobe programs had viruses pretty bad. Ah, early Adobe programs. Yeah, Illustrator was big one. Well, cracked copies or real ones? Real ones. No, no. This first shrink wrap virus came out, I, um, and and caused a big stir. I mean, everybody was terrified at that point when they realized that that they could buy completely legitimate software, right? And there would be a virus in it. And then there was all the false positive stuff that happened at the, in the early days. Because mm -hmm. you're searching right. through executables and... Right, because we didn't... At the very beginning, you know, at the very beginning it was real easy, okay? You're only looking for one string, right? I mean, how tough is that? <laughs> <laughs> $600 <laughs> Well, that was stealing. <laughs> but then, you know, eventually we had to look like a real company. And that's why, you know, John came to me. Turn that off. Okay, hold on. Yours too. False positives. The false positives went away because we started making the slices smaller and smaller. Right? And we started doing much, much more heavy research into... Right? We have to find something that's unique to this virus. Right, mm -hmm. <laughs> <coughs> and we have to do it in a small enough chunk that it doesn't take forever to go through all the files. Right, and that's when the false positives started going away. The company started looking like a real life company. Right, and that's when I mean, and and at that point we went public. Right, before that. It was a collection of, it was John, his wife, Ari Gretzky, uh, Dennis Yell, that, you know, that herded the people into the bulletin board system, mm -hmm. right? And when they started, and John would say, how come you're not here, Jake? And I would say, this is how much Lockheed's paying me. And he would go. Okay, that's why you're not here. <laughs> and besides, I don't like Dennis. Right? And uh, so, but when Dennis went away and the company had to, you know, we have to look like a company in order to go public. Okay. And we had to find a way to update these virus definitions. Right? So, John paid me this obscene amount of money to set up the QA and write a thing called Software Express, which was, you tell us your phone number, you put your uh, modem in, in, uh, 
in answer mode, right? You click this button in virus scan, right? And um, we'll you, and we'll and we'll update your file. Update the files, yeah. Right. And and at the same time, I was working, putting a thing together called Cruise I/O, convincing another bullet Cruise board. I/O, yeah. Try convincing another guy who's running a bulletin board that he should be feeding Usenet traffic. Right. And I told you all that. Yeah, the beginnings of Cruise.io. Yes. Well, Cruise.io really began as a Dungeons and Dragons bulletin board. Right? Yeah, Chris, huh? Chris yeah, a mud. D&D &D guy. Right? Chris, uh, yeah. Chris Nicholson. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and the Morris Worm happened. The Morris Worm, yeah. that's right. That was about, about 80... 89? 87? 87, yeah. <clears throat> Why been 88? Co Cornell University student or something like that. The son, the son of an aerospace consultant. Uh, okay. The son of an aerospace consultant. And all of the aerospace consultants. I mean, to that point in time, I had it made. I was working for Lockheed, but then I mean, wasn't his father. I was working from home. Right. Wasn't his father a big shot at <laughs> right. NSA? Yeah. Um, it was one of the. Yeah, I think so. It. The president. <laughs> I know he wasn't that, yeah, but he, he was an aerospace engineer, yeah. aerospace consultant, yeah. and he cost every one of us our external access. From that point at oh, on, no. we had to go into work. Oh, right? oh. On top of that, they started yeah, off by yeah. going, yeah. no email, no, you know, you lost your rights to get onto the internet and so go to... Well, suddenly, suddenly, if you didn't actually work for Lockheed, if you were a consultant or yeah. right, you were not trusted. So you couldn't have access to the other. The other. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, we didn't really care. I cared about communicating with my friends in England, <laughs> and, and and so I, you know. So did, did, was that an encouragement to leave Lockheed, or? It's what it, it's what caused me to go push Nicholson. <laughs> he started seeding his own IPs into an ARPANET. Can't use the ARPANET anymore. Let's have a private net. Right? <laughs> well, no, but this, I mean, in Santa Cruz, it was beginning to rise. I mean, yeah, all the guys who worked over in the pit lived over here. Right. Right. <laughs> so it was on the rise. We all wanted the same thing. Right. So in a sense, the word helped inspire the internet in some ways. It helped move move you into yeah, the but public I mean, sector. the thing of it is, is to look at it on a broad enough spectrum. At the same yeah. time, a guy named Al Gore was in Congress, making sure that something like this gets put together. It doesn't. It isn't the. It isn't the playground of the wealthy. Right. Right. And. So and if that hadn't happened, he was trying to make it a community uh, access internet highway. He was trying to push it out of out of NSF. When he said yeah. I did the internet, right? As far as he was concerned, in Congress he was. It was him who pushed all this stuff out. Who went? This doesn't just belong to the military or universities. Or universities, yeah. Wow, great. 
He's speaking in San Francisco next week, you know, or yeah. next in June. He's also the guy that made sure that, you know, at first he said this has got to be for everybody, and there was a bunch of guys going, oh yeah, that's right, it should be for everybody. <laughs> and <laughs> we need we need tax revenue. <laughs> and it was Gore who went, no, you tax it at the, on the day it, it's born, it dies quick. Yeah, yeah. So you know. No, Al Gore will be. If Al Gore will be forever tainted by that, you know, that Republican attack about he invented the internet. But without Al Gore, the internet that we know today would not exist. Yeah, it's that simple. Mm -hmm. It would have been handed down from on high to the very wealthy. As it is, there's still a pretty big gap, isn't there? Yeah, we totally do. Yeah, but it's a uh, it's a literacy gap as opposed to a uh, you know need to know born in the right family gap. <laughs> so, so then, so that's the, that's what I'm saying. If if those things didn't happen, if Well, what's interesting is that it, 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 for for years, for over a decade, your entire life seemed to intersect viruses. You know, the, the internet worm caused you to bounce off of, and go to Nicholson and create Cruise.io. Yeah. And then you created the the first downloadable updates. The grep the, 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 Starting with grep, but viruses were, you and viruses were destined to be. Yes and no, you know. I don't like talking about viruses. I don't like. You know what's embarrassing about it? Turn it off. Turn it off. Hot tub. I'm sitting in the hot tub with John, and I'm going, and I mean, and it's down on Manresa Beach, and it's a 10,000 square foot home, and it's, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's after the nice. ship came in. Huh? Yeah. Reminded me to tell you about the time you drove up. I mean, the day after the IPO. <laughs> um, the um, uh, we're sitting in the hot tub, and I said, "Wow, this is great." Did you foresee this? I, I expected him to say no, because we'd worked together, you know. Mm -hmm. Nope. On the day that I opened that office, I knew the whole thing. Mm. All of it. Well, a few details were out of the way, but no, no, I, I saw the whole thing, and I, and, and I was stunned, because I'd always figured, okay, John and I are the same guy, right? pretty much, I mean, you know, he's skinny, good-looking, very charming, I'm a recluse and fat, and, but we're the same guy, we're, no, we're not, that's the day that I realized that we weren't the same guy. Right, have that vision yeah. of all of it. The Virus Industries Association yeah. going out yeah. and getting a PR firm, right? Right. Finding somebody who would write a book. Somebody, you know, all of those things were plotted out like he was playing Go, and that's what he said to me in the hot tub. Right. I saw it all, and I played a game of Go. And he always used to kick my ass when we play Go. Right. Right. Very right. <laughs> <laughs> good at. It. Yeah. Right. Wow. Because he put stones out way out on the, what the hell is he doing out there? <laughs> and 
and that's how he did these things, right? Me, and he put the plan together, and he and he did it, and I admire him for it. And he deserves every penny he got for it. All right. It doesn't change the fact that you make a realization on that day that you don't have the same kind of uh, abilities. You, I, I you never saw that. Well, you come to face to face with the realization that I have lived my life along the path of least resistance. That's what I've done. And I've been very lucky at it. Mm -hmm. Right? The right place at the right, the right time. time. Right? Yeah, many times. I got out of the army. I have, was a crypto repairman. Well, the crypto machines at the time were the first mini computers. Yeah, yeah. Right? So here I am, trained on something that's going to take over the world. Right? Coming out into the workforce at the PDP-80. PDP-8, yeah. Right? Or, yeah. What is that? PDP-8. PDP-8E was the first. PDP-8E was the first mini computer that could be shoved into machine tools, telephone switches, um, oh, you name it. And there was maybe I don't know 800 guys who understood what one of the things was, mm -hmm. right? In the whole country. I was <laughs> yeah, and you got you lived in Silicon Valley. I mean, at the right time. No, at the time I lived at in Ohio. In Ohio, okay. I lived. I mean, I worked for Warner and Swayze, one of the oldest machine tool companies in the country. When I got out of the service, I kicked around for. I went to the theater. I trained my voice. Mm -hmm. I did poetry stuff. Wow. Right. And then when I went, I'm poor. <laughs> I, can't, I can't do this anymore. I'm poor. Because I had worked for Westinghouse, because I had worked for the military, I went to Warner and Swayze, who was trying to take these first machines and put them into punch presses and mm -hmm. end turret lathes and things like that. Mm -hmm. And I knew how to interface one of these things to that. Yeah, yeah. So, and that, <laughs> and that is living life along the path of least resistance. Right? Oh, I need a job. I go here. Oh, this is what they're doing, and I'm lucky. Right? When I went out to Tinsley Laboratories, I interviewed for the job. Well, what do you know about optics? I don't know anything about optics. You know, years before, I had worked at Westinghouse, at the Westinghouse Research Facility for Choiki. Mm -hmm. right. I actually worked for Choiki. So I walk into Tinsley Laboratories, what do you know about optics? I know nothing. And I walk into this room, it has the largest Choiki table I have ever seen, which is a measuring device in optics to do, you know, the thing is, the thing is, the thing is, is, is flat. <laughs> and and it was and, and it's got it's 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 got axes and it's it, I mean you know it's got motion and it's for measuring really high end optics. So I walk into Tinsley Laboratories after having told Charlie Peake that I didn't you know uh, know anything about optics, that they were making optics for Viking, mm -hmm. right? And I walked in and went, wow, that's the biggest trophy table I've ever seen. And they went, 
like you said, you didn't know anything about optics. <laughs> and I said, I don't. But I worked for Troiki for 18 months. <laughs> so I had a job. Least resistance. And, and they had an IBM System 7 that they wanted married to a precision profiler to make these lenses that Brad Olin designed and Ev Baker, who's the guy who was the guy head of manufacturing, said, no, I don't think we can do that. Right? These are these are real these tolerances, nobody's ever done that. Right? And which is quite a thing for the most accomplished optician in the world to say. Right? And so Charlie Peake was given the task of putting together a team to do this. Mm -hmm. We had to put it in temperature control room, with you know, the whole nine yards, right? Holographic encoding, you know, feedback, um, you know, and 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 we had to watch the wheel. Well, I mean, it was a, it's not something I wanted to talk about. This is not something. But at any rate, that was this. I mean, I worked for Westinghouse. I went to the theater, I came out, fell in with the aerospace. Mm -hmm. Because I fell in with aerospace, I met John McAfee, met John McAfee, you know, um, went to work for Lockheed, right? Uh, lost my account because of Morris. Mm -hmm. I found, found my way to, well, first I went to Portal because it was the first one, first commercial internet service provider in California, Portal. Portal. In Cupertino. Right? And and it had a horrible interface. God, and everybody, and all of us there were, you know, I assume most of us were were aerospace workers or Apple workers, right? And uh, and I, I told you, I mean, I I, I worked from I'm, the. People. I lost my track again. You're talking about well, we should working at Portal, and you were assuming everybody at Portal knew something. I'm, I'm assuming that we were, they were all engineers, you know, yeah. and they all complained about the interface. And when I just couldn't take the interface anymore, path of least resistance, I went and said, Chris? You D&D player, you know what you're doing. This works way better. <laughs> I said, you need to... You need to um, provide commercial access to Usenet news groups and email. And went, sure. No big deal. <clears throat> um, what news groups? And there were eight on the list, the first list. Records, Poems is one of them. Mm -hmm. BA Mountain Folk was another. Bay Area Mountain Folk? Mm -hmm. Um, and then within days it was 18, and then it was 24, and then it was, you know, as, as groups. These are all different special interest groups. Right. This is before the browsers came out, huh? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's what I was telling her. We, was, we were arguing, Chris and I, about the web was, the web was finally here. The only browser was links. 
complete text based. L I N X? Yeah, L I N X. Yeah. I bet it still exists, too. People still use it. So there was an argument, not an argument, it was a discussion. We're going to put it, we're going to do gopher, race and gopher, or we're going to put up this web server? Well, you know, let me take a look at this and you know, bounce around the web on this link thing. And web server was TCPIP, or that wasn't here yet? Yeah, TCPIP, that's why I went and looked. <laughs> no, we're back to the notes. <laughs> Okay, TCP/IP was 84. It's 84. That's when uh, 83. That's when NCP was replaced by TCP/IP, and that's when the split of DARPA of of ARPA moved. The military was thrown out. Well, not really thrown out. Milnet happened. So they got the remains and left the remains for the public. Right. And left the remains for the university. Mm -hmm. and, but the first newsreader uh, switched from, uh, let's, I'm going to back up here, because the first newsreader was 79, right? Or, no, the first Usenet news groups. The newsreader was, how did it Must be on a different page. Oh, okay. First news reader was 81, Glickman. Glickman and Horton. All right, Rosa. Right. Now, um, this is the kind of stuff that was like flowing by on a little strip at the bottom of the screen at fax speeds. That's what you're talking about as a news reader? The, um, to be able to read news groups. The first news reader, I think it was called Pine. Wasn't it Pine? Pine was the email program. Oh, Pine was email. So. From University of Washington. Um, yeah, that's that's right. We use Pine for it. Yeah. VI Emacs and Pine. Yeah. I know you there were use, macros you in. Use, you could use Emacs to read right. news. There were macros in Emacs to read news, but the first news reader, God, what was its name? I'll go looking. I, I, you know, but it, but that was '81. Mm -hmm. The first Usenet news groups were set up in '79. .net or .net mod and FA. All right. And it was a great renaming in eighty that happened from seven from July of eighty six to March of eighty seven. Mm-hmm. It was a huge flame war. The flame war. Right. Okay. Well I was yeah, in well, a huge flame war in eighty five. Any oh, I was in that flame war at USC. About which people should be about which which groups, you know, how it should be structured, right? There was a, there was a lot of there was a lot of acrimony over the three things. You know, I mean, it, it's, it's, no, all of the petty personalities of, of, you know, hey, I think it should be done my way, right? And there were, and believe me, everyone, everybody has these egos. Right. Even though it means recreational arts, poetry. There are <laughs> somebody wants this, to in control. <laughs> to this day, right? To this day, there are people who 
don't understand that the rec in Records poem stands for recreation. You try to get it across to him. Hey, look, guy, calm down. We're here recreating. <laughs> oh. Yeah. I remember on, I was on the VAC 750 at USC going through all those flames in, in 85, 86. Yeah. <laughs> What's going on? I didn't know what was going on. Yeah, it was too cumbersome. Yeah. Right? Because you, just, you, you, you page down, page down, and just acres and acres and acres of writing. Of, of people. Basically, you know, you morons, why <laughs> I'm thinking, I had a job then, and we were getting our news from Reuters and Wall Street Journal and um, Associated Press. I'm pretty sure we all had news here. Right? Well, this was... That, I mean, but that wasn't like 86. But that's real news. Oh, that's not what you're talking about. This is... No, this is... This is nerds on various online systems writing stuff. Okay. Right. The first bloggers, need we say. That's that's literally the truth. Yeah. The first the well con conferencing at the well was very similar right. to this, but right. it was in its own world. Right. And 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 that's where it came from. I mean, there were all of these bulletin boards, muds, D and Ds, the well, you know, and interest you groups. There was there was a bulletin board, right? It was. I'm, it was located somewhere like in Ohio or something like that. That you know, people who loved James Joyce would mm -hmm. log in over 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 data lines. I mean, over uh, telephone lines and discuss James Joyce. So these are threaded chat rooms, kind of, huh? I mean, just and thank God local calls were free because all these people would be bankrupt. Right. No, that's, <laughs> that's but I mean, yes, yeah, little that's special interest things happen. Right. right. And, 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 okay, now we can turn these off because I want to talk about poetry. For poetry. Time. We're coming to poetry. But where was the first, what, what was the first poetry on, on, on Usenet or on? The first poetry that on, on, online in virtual worlds, right, that I know of mm -hmm. was Fido 13. Fido 13. Right? I think it was Fido 13. It was Fido something. It was a low number. Okay. <clears throat> And it was out of Mountain View, and it was called Crossroads. Crossroads. What year? Right. Eighty something. Really eighties. It, 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 it had to have been eighty-two, eighty-three. Eighty-two, eighty-three. Right. Is there? Wait a minute. I, I did take a note on the crossroads. No, not on crossroads. On the you know nobody remembers crossroads. We also note here. Uh, JJ did the first. Poetry reading in a avatar in a multi-user 3D virtual world in 1996. Ward Christensen did the first Fido in 78, 77, 78. Uh, so by 80, I guess I guess it was 82 or 83. There, there were still only a few, and they were all located here in California. So the FIDO numbers were like the number of the server? And the number of the, I'm FIDO 1, I'm FIDO 2, I'm FIDO 3. So that was the physical machine, physical machines? Yeah. And, well, it was all telephone, mm -hmm. right? There was no... Like you yeah. had a phone number, you put your computer, said it, okay. pick up, and right. it rang. Right. And, and <laughs> there the, you, you are. know, they mirrored, FIDO mirrored the UUCP. Right, right, right. right. And that's why they needed numbers. Oh, did I get stuff from Fido 12? Okay, I did. And forget that, right? Um, 
Oh, so they were going around like the Googles and just kind of seeing what was there, copying it to their server, and then moving to the next one. Yeah, and everybody was doing the same thing. There was a, there were big, there would be companies doing it too. Prodigy. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sears Roebuck. Sears Roebuck was Prodigy. Yeah, it was. Okay. Yeah. Uh, there was another one. around because people were looking for them. So I was into, you know, I had, um, I was into, I, I was into getting my poetry out to as many people as possible at a, at a common man level. I, mean, I hate using that term, but y you know what I mean. I wanted it out of the universities and out of the, because I had these, you know, I have a good friend, his name is Robert Schwartz, and he's, you know, and 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 a hundred years from now, people are going to be reciting his poetry, mm -hmm. right? He's, you know, he's the epitome of, you know, I mean, he studied with Meredith, I studied with Meredith, he studied, but he now, he's got, he's got advanced degrees, he's won Guggenheim, he's been nominated for Pulitzer's, blah, 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 okay? He's one of the guys I want to interview mm -hmm. for this, because he's one of the first people to come to, to the the internet, right? The first. Oh wow! Okay. Right. 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 Yeah, because when we did this, you know, not only did I go out and get you guys, right? Right. I tried to get Furling Getty. Yeah. Right. They wouldn't even see me. <laughs> right. You know, I look at it in hindsight. He owns a bookstore. What are you doing, Jay? <laughs> I'm trying to eliminate paper. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to eliminate paper, and he's trying to sell it. <laughs> so I understand where he's coming from. <laughs> uh, maybe Matt for a couple of years, though. I wouldn't read any of his work. <laughs> He's mad at him and everything, right? Because he wouldn't even meet with me. Uh -huh. Well, right? celebrity status. A lot of people would probably chase him down. So, <laughs> so anyway, so the hit, we'll finish up the history of poetry on the net, and then we got to talk about the future of it. Well, we can turn this off. I'm going to talk about plans here. Okay. Right? You've been listening to DigiBarn Radio. This story is available for some uses under our Creative Commons license. Please check our website at www.digibarn.com. That's www.digibarn.com for this license and more great stuff from the DigiBarn collections. This is Tommy Cuellar signing off. Thanks for tuning in.